Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Play All The Way, a podcast uh, for Leeds United fans, talk things, all things Leeds. I'm joined with Peter. Hello. James. Hello. And Connor. Hello. Uh, quiet week so far, not much has happened since we last spoke, I don't think. No, a lot really. Um, so I think we'll go to a small matter of a, a draw against, uh, against just a small club, I think. A small club, Merseyside, Liverpool. How do you think? Happy with the draw? Thought we could have beat them. I agree. Towards the end? Okay. Yep. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it was a weird one because um, Liverpool dominated first half, didn't they? Um, like, I thought they could have had a couple of goals um, early on. Probably could have put us to the sword, I think. Um, it ended first. A little bit how I played the other day, actually. Um, like against Newcastle, I think it was. You know, they just couldn't make opportunities, but they weren't finishing off. Um, but also, weirdly, in the second half, I felt like only one team was going to win it, and, and and that was us. But I also felt like a little bit was also like, oh my god, we're never going to score. I was torn between the two emotions. Oh, we're definitely we could definitely go and win this, and we're just never ever going to score and, and, until Lorente's beautiful, beautiful header. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I completely agree. I think the the fact that we scored from a corner, which is the most unlikely of sources for us, was just a, a bit incredible but uh, yeah I mean in terms of like clear cut chances they weren't they were a great deal but if they were, like you say if, if there was anyone that was going to score it was going to be us because all the it, not just the attacking that was coming from us it was the kind of dangerous attack or the, the attacks that were going to get us into the right place were coming from us yeah I they offered, you could see that they've got the, the quality in their team. It just never seemed to be to be threatening us, really. I, I thought uh, defensively, very, very good. But also going forward, I thought we looked dangerous. They tired again, didn't they? Do you think, I think they tired. And I think, I, yeah. I know, go back to again, listen to the um, one of our rival podcasts, the LUFC podcast. Rival. Manfred <laughs> was um, telling, telling a bit of a story about the game, about how... Um, he heard Fabinho saying we're dropping too deep. We're not. We're not getting forward like that back line. And he's like, yeah, he's a tyrant now. He's a push on. And well, obviously he hit the bar, didn't he? he? Had a couple of good. He had the one. In the, I think it was one. In the, was it the second half where he just just overtouched? He over overhit it. Yeah. Allison closed down dead quickly, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. The, the one where he hit the bar, where obviously he thought he'd scored, and definitely thought it was it was a game where we we, we could have if we'd have took all three points. We wouldn't have been. We wouldn't have argued about it. We, we'd have deserved it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I know we'll, we'll touch on it later. I know, but I, I was petrified of the a backlash of the old the Super League stuff, and I thought they're going to go out and they're going to absolutely trounce us here. That we've just made them up for it massively. And I think probably the first half they were they they, they dominated us like you said, but then second half. As much as they tired, I think we just got our game together and looked far more threatening. And I think we've got to give, as much as we say they tire, we've got to give ourselves credit as well. So I think we we matched them. I know they're not informed, but 
yeah, I thought we did really well. Yeah, I, I think I think it's impressive that we can go from a team tiring like Liverpool, and instead of being like, all right, let's just keep at them, it wasn't. It was like James said, let's step up. Yeah, how many teams have got that in their locker where they can step up the pressing against teams like Liverpool and really out, you know, outrun them? Uh, it, it, that that sort of put uh, part of the game, you know, the crucial half an hour end of the game where you know games are decided there, aren't they? Well, we we talked about it on a previous podcast where we said about I think it was before the City game where we said about if there's any team that's going to be able to work out what a team's going to do in terms of build-up play and in terms of nullifying that, it's Leeds. And the more the game went on, the more we were able to shut down those passing lanes and we were were able to kind of figure out what they wanted to do and, and change our game, especially defensively, around that and use that to our advantage in, in an attacking sense. Um, again, it's another game where... Yes, I think I think a win would have been very, very nice. A draw may have been edging more towards a fairer result, but there's no reason that we couldn't have gone and, and won that. Does anyone else think that, obviously, as the season's gone on, there's been games where we've conceded four, we've conceded six, and I think we've, like, matured as the, league, as the season progressed. It's like... I'm thinking now, if we can get to half-time at a game and it's still nil-nil or one-all, then you always feel as though Bielsa's going to be able to work his magic and have, 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 tinker with a few things that's going to give us the edge and that we'll go on to win a game. And we yeah. don't throw games away in the first 15, 20 minutes. We've got a real shot of being anyone. Do you yeah. think that's deliberate? Do you think that's Bielsa saying that? Which which what? what stay as in, the in stay, stay in the game. I think it's just the fact that we've matured because I think I was saying this to you about the Man United game where we cautious of not conceding easy and leaving ourselves exposed throughout that game where we could have it could have easy if just the game could have turned on its head where we just cautious of just being a bit more mature with the, with the, with the game you know what I mean where we could just go two nil down. Or if we're a bit more sensible, we're a bit more stronger at the back, a bit more organised, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, man. I completely agree. Um, you know, we, we seem to have, um, like I say, I think matured is probably the right word. And I also think it's helped that we're getting, we're starting to get like a settled uh, defence. Um, you know, we'll talk more about, you know, like um, combination with Lorente and like, even having some of that Lorente, I think, in team. Um, improves players around him. Massive fan of him, you know. But yeah, maybe like you know, Bales is reading games a bit better now and understand. And we will play these teams now all at once, well, haven't we? So there's been lessons to have been learned, aren't there? You know, so maybe that has got something to do with it. Uh, but I agree, we've looked so much sturdy at the back, and you know, like like you say, if we we take a team, you know, nil nil half time, man, there's absolutely no reason why we can't win that game. Completely agree. It, it, it's tough though what you say about like um, Bielsa changing his tactics and uh, and learning about it because you because you do look at like Arsenal we drew nil nil and then we got beat six uh, what was it four four two yeah um, yeah so he but uh, again yeah that might be the exception um, that proves the rule that proves the rule yeah. Um, yeah I I I do think that he's, he is learning a lot but. 
I don't like to believe that he's one, he's one of them that wants to say, all right, we need to protect this, or we need to sit back, or we need to... I, d- I just don't think he's, he's that defensive whatsoever. No, yeah, well, the players have learned, haven't they? The players are more, more cautious and thinking about it in the back of their minds more than Bielsa. Bielsa will still have the same methods and mentality of attacking man-to-man, but the players will be thinking about their mind. Don't get yourself pulled out position so easily. You look at the goals against Man United first time. They, they just pulled one or two players out of position and they were through on goal. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's he has learned. Yeah, yeah, he has learned. And I think it's more against the teams that he knows, even if he sticks to his guns and does as he does, we're not going to get anything out of it. Like the, the Scum game away, the Liverpool game away. I think he will have thought if we go into that, the same way, we're going to be vulnerable, and there's probably not a chance that we'll get anything out of it. And that, that's good. And I, I, I wanted to play the exciting way in, in every game, but I think it is starting to realise that we can't do it in every single game. If that team are just so much better than us on the pitch, player-wise, quality-wise, I, I, I suppose there's there is a happy middle ground between being. Jose Mourinho and the all-out attacking style that we've seen from Marcelo Bielsa, there is that happy medium because he doesn't have to go there and set up and um, and, and sit back. And I know that there's a lot of scum fans that have uh, retweeted the, um, the the image about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the only team to make Marcelo Bielsa sit back in the Premier League and have used some obscure stat for this. Um I think you, you really have to watch the game and see how it panned out to um, to take that. And it's it, it's a strange take, and but there's a lot of strange scum fans. So I think that does it all, doesn't it? One word for them. <laughs> uh, just going back to uh, back to Liverpool. Um, do do we do we find that we were quite wasteful at times there? Um, you know, because like I said, there were, there were opportunities we could have taken. You know, like you look at um, Harrison's opportunity. Uh, we look at Paddy, you know, getting closed down quickly, Paddy hitting the bar. We also look at Tyler Roberts confirming that he's never going to score a Premier League goal in his life. Oh. You know, we'll be wasteful, you know, we'll be our own, or anyways again, you know, a little bit championshipy. That's probably a little bit harsh, actually, but... I think it was... Uh, yeah, you look at it and you, you think you've got to take those chances, haven't you? If you're going to win, if you're going to beat Liverpool at home, you've got to take those chances. We didn't yeah. beat Liverpool at home. But... I wouldn't say championship. I'd say Allison had a good game. Um, weirdly, we scored from a set piece, which obviously we don't ever usually do. It was always going to happen that way, I guess, if we were going to score. I still, still am fully behind the idea that Bamford's not fit. Um, we haven't got any alternative. Rodrigo is, as I've said before, the Spanish for sure. Um, well, he's taken over Lorente, he's mantle. As you've just said, Roberts is never going to score a Premier League goal. So Bamford has to play, um, and he's so pivotal to how we play. But I don't think he's fit. I don't, and I think is that all that affects you. You're finishing, but yeah. I, is that, that why we miss Rafinha? Yeah, probably. Yeah, we miss we go <laughs> creativity, don't we? That's the person who can do the extra running when Paddy can't. Yeah. Don't know. How many, how many games are left? Seven, six, five. Five. Games? Five. I don't know. I just thought that international break should have been enough for Bamford to be fit enough for the next game. Well, well Bam- Bamford did say though, didn't he, about the uh, uh, the break? He said 
sometimes you don't really want the break. You don't need the break. You you just want to to keep playing games. Um, and whether that's the the cycle that is into, I, I I don't know. I I agree. I don't I don't think he looks fit. Um, he needs a goal, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, you look at yeah. Ian Acho. He scored fourteen in the last fourteen. Was it? Uh, he's flying. Um, and, yeah, and Bob scored fourteen all season. I'm not gonna kind of compared to because obviously Leicester are a very very good team and they're sat what third you know but um, they play very differently to us don't they mm-hmm. alright so moving on then to uh, scrum game um, a game that um, I don't care how many times we play it it's, it's always a day that's just filled of just uncomfortableness isn't it it's a day that you just can't settle uh, and it's but it's also special as well isn't it you know uh, and, you know, we'll talk about this later on, but it's why we enjoy watching the Premier League so much with the clubs that we've got, is because games like this are special. Um, annoyingly, um, from, again, from admittedly limited memory, quite quite a dull game, wasn't it? Lacked the intensity that we've been used to from from both sides for the last, last season, hasn't it? Yeah, I think when, when you come into, uh, when you come into a league scum game, I, I'd said before, I was, I was quite happy like going into the game, and then about an hour before, the nerves just hit, and it was that pit in the bottom of my stomach, yeah. just thinking, please, please, don't mess it up. Um, and as as we got into it, obviously you're going to be nervous throughout the uh, the whole game, but uh, the more that we got in, the more I kind of felt a little bit settled because I also. Think that they didn't do themselves any favours. I don't think they look like a, a great team whatsoever. They talk about Fernandez. Every single touch Bruno Fernandez makes it is the best touch in the world to a lot of commentators and to a lot of pundits, um, which just is absolutely ridiculous. Um, we didn't create much. They didn't create much. But I thought it, it showed you kind of the defensive side of the game in terms of Calvin Phillips. It was absolutely fantastic. He broke Absolutely. everything up. And as Leeds fans, we're going to highlight the Leeds lad and we're going to highlight the uh, defensive uh, uh, guy that plays for England for us. Um, but he, he w- looked quality. He did look quality and he showed his quality and he, he shoved it. I mean, there's no doubt he's on that plane, but yeah. he's definitely on that plane now. Yeah, I agree. I, 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 the same as you. It sort of hit home an hour before. It hit home for me when I saw Leeds with Man United on like the, um, the, the graphics, and I was like, oh, this, this isn't a Premier League's a Premier League history thing or whatever. Premier League years program. It's real. It's today, and it's happening. But yeah, I think not an anticlimax, but it wasn't the most. Everybody said, oh, it's going to be full of goals, goals, goals. I don't know. They always say with our games, but. It was good to see, like you said, it's good to see how I, I like a defensive performance, even though I'm sad like that. I think this is the difference as well, like when you say about the legacy fans, you know, it, actually the legacy fans would have probably enjoyed that game because it's Leeds versus Scum. Legacy fans don't start. Let, let, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Start. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter to us how the game goes, it's Leeds versus Scum. Yeah. And and that's how it feels to me. Like, as soon as I see a that Scum badge, um, and I, I remember watching the game and Luke Shaw was taking a throwing against the East Stand, 
And I just thought, oh, God, he's in my stadium. Like, just a dirty player in my stadium. Do you know what I mean? Evil um, to the stadium. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And no matter how the game goes, no matter what's happened, it means so much to both sets of fans. And, you know, some of, as I say, like these new age fans that, that don't really, un- especially the scum fans that don't understand what leads are and don't yeah. understand like the kind of the rivalry there. They don't get it, but that's what gets the money. That's what's the showstopper. It's the fact that it's Leeds scum, yeah. Re- regardless of who, you know, what showstopper players are playing. It doesn't really matter. It's just, it is that game. It's the big game. It was a dull game, wasn't it? But, but, a huge game that we all look out for in the fixtures every season, but... And it's just built it up to this massive game, this unbelievable legacy game. I don't know what happened I had to say something tonight. It was very dull. I was thought it was a really dull game, but... like, was it? Would you say it was a game that neither side wanted to lose? I think that could be a fair point. I think... Now, now, that's the annoying thing. Dean sort of said it to me when we were watching the game, um, socially distanced, and he said, like, would you take the point? And I said, no, I want to win it. Go and win it. Neither, we didn't have anything to lose, but it looked like they were both afraid to lose. You look at the way people, when we were when both sides were on attack, they didn't push people players forward at all to try and win that game. And they, they, my United fans might look at it and say, oh, we've got the Roma coming up in the week, but... You know, for a fact that they want to, they, they they want to beat Leeds. Fans want to beat Leeds. We want to beat yeah. Man United, and and I certainly will be looking forward to the fixtures come out again in in June. And and I can honestly say that we'll be there next season at Ellen Road when we play Man United next season. Now, wait for it. Hold your horses. Don't be shaking your head. We're going to be there. Negative Pete. I've got negative a, Pete. Got to there put he is. Negativity somewhere. Let's just yeah. Let's see. See what happens. I'll make sure I don't have to buck me down up that day. Negative Pete's just waiting for the mutations, isn't it? Yeah, he is. <laughs> I heard he's rooting for them. Yeah. Uh, we speak about uh, Calvin uh, Phillips putting in a, a class performance, which he did. And like you say, we will talk about Leeds players because I don't care about the scum players and I don't want to talk about them. Yeah. Um, no. How good as a centre back pairing of the recent weeks, Lorente, Pascal? Uh, I mean, outstanding. Yeah, sorry. I mean, as much as I love Liam Cooper, I don't see how is he going to get into this uh, this centre back pairing. I love him. I think he's brilliant. I think, but Cooper and Strike just look. Yorente uh, and Strike. Yorente in particular just looks so good. He just looks so calm and composed on the ball, and every every challenge that he makes just seems so well timed. Um, I think he's. I think he's brilliant. And wh- where's Cocker going to fit in? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, have you noticed what we've done by the last couple of games? Um, I said this to Pete when we, when we were watching it. Um, when Cock came on against Liverpool, that's when I felt like we'd opened them up. That's where I felt we were creating chances. You know, that last ten minutes, um, and I felt like when when he came on against Scum, I said to Pete we'll get chances now. And I feel like he gives us that option that when he comes on, um, and I suppose I don't really want to come, I don't, do I think of him as a, as a sub? It's like a super something, you know, probably not. But when he has come on, he's created more space and opportunity for wingers to go forward. 
because he's put like extra body at middle and Carvin's gone further forward. And I felt that's that's been quite a good part of having him in the squad. Yeah. So um, I saw it as more of a, a, a more of a defensively negative way for Bielsa. Like I was thinking he was trying to just settle and and, and go for the draw. Do you know what I mean? I, I didn't I didn't see that side of it, but. No, but now you see it, yeah. But I just thought, bring on the defender. You all automatically assume it's just obviously trying to tighten up at the back here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think as well, like, um, it, it shows Calvin Phillips's range. And do you know what? I might come on here. I might just wax lyrical about Phillips for the rest of the podcast. But uh, he, I do think he's got this range of, he's a CDM, but... A lot of his like passing range and his and his movement and his his vision. I think he could play anywhere between a CDM and a cam. I think he, he he can do that. And and like you say, bringing cock on allows him to move forward and allows him to open up his his range into making chances for us. And like you say, that's what we saw. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we we speak, we speak about you know players that you know had a good game and stuff. And you know I think fairly we've got to also talk about. Players that didn't, didn't quite have their best game. Uh, Harrison seemed a bit lost, didn't he? I know he ended Fred's trade, didn't he, with that lovely little shimmy. Um, but other than that, he seemed a bit out of it, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I, I think I'd brought it up with you, didn't I? Saying about the next step. Um, I really, really, really rate Harrison. Um, I'm very happy to be a mid-table team for the next three years. I'd snap your hand off at it. If we are to progress, it's again when you start having to make the uncomfortable decisions about replacing players. And he's going to be one, unfortunately, on the list. He might get better and better and better. I hope he does. I really do. Yeah, I do. That's it. It's time. Yeah. He's had how many many seasons with us now? What, three three seasons? This is third, is it? Is it his third? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, he's still got. He's still got. Way improvement in him, like I know what you're yeah. saying. Um, I agree. I agree. I think. I think he's got a lot in him. I think he could be. He, he could be one. I mean, he's not Costas, so. Sometimes, I I think he, he there's there's different players and fullbacks that that try and like you seen to Alexander Arnold forced him back in the second half against Liverpool. He had a lot more space when it when he when he he seems to put Arnold on the back foot a little bit more. But I just want to think that maybe Harrison just needs that more experience and different playing against different wing backs. That one I, I want to feel that like he will he will improve more as the seasons go on. He's still young and well, I don't really want to look, look that we're replacing just yeah, yet. Don't the, don't get me wrong. Don't yeah, I can see it already now. Pete thinks Harrison's rubbish. I don't. Well, he just said it. So <laughs> yeah. He Quite is that. no Tyler Roberts. He is a good player. He, he can do really well for this team. Um, but yeah, I always, I always, always say it. I don't know. Obviously, City have got so much money and they've got so many good players. But if a player is that good, a, a top team won't let him go. And I know, obviously, he's not gone yet, and that's probably why. Part maybe part of it why City didn't let him go. And I know you can going to turn around now and say Gerard Piquet, Paul Pogba, there are De Bruyne, there are Salah, Kevin De Bruyne, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, Thank right. You, yeah. 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 but no, he's he's good, he's good. Let's leave it at that. He's a good player. He, hopefully, he'll improve even more. Um, How about that, have you seen Pervaders' CV? 
He hasn't yeah. sent it to me, to be honest. No, but I've, I've seen it. <laughs> if, if he does send it to you, you'll be amazed that he thinks he's actually played for most of the Super League sides. Ah, what's he with here? So, brings quite nice, doesn't it, into the Super League? That was my... That was one of those. Nice little segue, that. Well done, Jim. Yeah, thanks. I realised you knew what a segue was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was on scooters. <laughs> So does it, it does bring us on to stop it at Super League. Um, people might not have heard about it yet. I don't know. You know, it was like we all over news for the last couple of days. Um, I want to give it time to talk about it, but I also sort of don't because the entire principle of it all is so wrong and so obviously wrong. Like, I don't think it, it requires a discussion or justification because anybody who respects football in any sort of way looks at it and goes, no, can't happen, which is what has happened, rightfully so, and it just shouldn't be talked spoke about ever again. Stead and buried, fine and punish these clubs and just never, ever speak of the Super League ever, ever again, and I'm quite happy with that. Yeah. I, yeah. Am, I am, but I also want to go in. It's quite scary, Dean, if we don't punish and come up with some sort of way of preventing this. There will be, there will be, there will be other ways of them to do it in a few, a few seasons time. And Leeds United will save world football again. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we tried it and we, we we've done it. Um, it. It's just, it, it's just ridiculous. It's sad, and. I mean, I don't know where where do you start with it? You know, there, there's these billionaires that that want to come and they want to absolutely ruin the game, but you also have to be quite cynical about what are they trying to take your attention away from with what's happened now with the new um, Champions League format? Um, it, it, has that changed from there? I mean, this this game's about the fans and it's about the you know, for me personally, going to Leeds games. Uh, we we were quite lucky. We were in we were in the Premier League, and my dad used to take me, and it was it was just about me being with my dad, and then going to watch football, and and you know having a good time. And we eventually went into the Champions League, and that was absolutely great, and we were, we did happy with that. But I, I would also argue I would have been just as happy in League Two, and we were getting into the playoffs, and we might have been getting into League One. It's not about this. It's not about anything else. And the fans that go to the game at the heart of this. And again, all my memories are just just me and my dad going to the game, and him me me on his shoulders, you know, walking down to Ellen Road, and you know, having a, a great time. And obviously now, you know, we all go to the game, me and my uh, dad, and you all know him. Um, and it, it, it progresses through there through these generations that that go. James, you know, you've just had your little lad and it, you want the, the same for him. And th- these billionaires are coming away and trying to take this away from you because they want to give it to a TV rights. Let me tell, let, let's say we've watched TV, we've watched uh, the football on TV for the last year. Have you enjoyed it? I mean, we've gone up. That's brilliant. Have you enjoyed it? Have you just watching the game? On the TV? <laughs> I have seen watching football at all, yeah. genuinely. As may take all day, whatever. There's football on now, and I'm not really bothered about watching it. I've no. just sort of been watching it just to watch it now. Yeah, I agree. And that's that's the bit that gets me. It's the whole timing of it. 
the fact that we've all sat there struggled. I think we have struggled. The fact that we haven't been able to go to the games, not get in the ground. Some people turn around and you know they'll say it's a bit sad. What you're struggling because you can't get to the game. Yeah, but it's part of your life. It's massive. And then to think that some greedy, whatever you want to call them, just to line their own pockets, just so they don't have to compete against the likes of these the stories like Leicester have been brought up so many times winning the league so many teams coming up and challenge challenge them how dare they challenge them that's what it is basically it's challenging them and they're going to lose out how many times has Scum not qualified for the Champions League in the last 10 years but this guarantees it for, well it would have guaranteed it for them I think it, a joke disgusting a joke money grabbing and a bit ignorant of their own fans as well they did is that the right word, ignorant? Ignorant of their own fans? Yeah. Yeah. They just didn't care. Didn't care. And I, I, I still don't think they're sorry. I don't. Because I think they were I think that's the bit, that's bit that gets me is I was speaking to um, both parties the other day um, and he said he doesn't get why people are getting so angry about it because football's so football um, teams and stuff, they're essentially the, the businesses. And he's right. Yeah. So fundamentally, he's right. They are there. They are busy. They are to make money. If t- if, they don't make, if they don't make money, they're not viable. So I get the fact that you need to protect your assets. But what they've just turned around to the entire footballing world and said is, we do not care about any other club in this world, any other fan whose whose like lives. Like you know, sadly, as it might sound, but lives revolve and maybe to borderline depend on you know the the, the day that you have. Like Connor says, you know, you your families, and it's yeah. it's so small. It's for the, it's for it's for the people who have nothing else, the people who 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 need a release on a week. And these what time is these just awful people? I don't I don't you know try to watch the language. And it's hard. To, it's hard to think of the right superlative, the right adjective that to appropriately describe my just absolute disdain yeah. with their actual existence. And they'll come in with false promises and false, uh, false apologies, and we, we, we can't accept it. No. And we, we've got we've got to tell them no. And like James said, never again. And we want to do something. To, to punish these clubs, and before you, before we start talking about point structures and things like that, I've heard people say, you know, you don't punish the fans, and I get that completely. Get you don't punish the fans, but people of this club, Wrong people podcast, teams that tell that teams like Wimbledon and Berry, you know, Chef Wednesday. Now, you know, you you look at the, and, and ourselves. Obviously, we were punished because of the poor decisions made by the businesses, and this is a poor decision made by 12 or more businesses and they should be punished in the exact same way, if not more severely. Yeah, 100% agree. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. They've, they've, they've tried to... So Ken Bates and, and Massimo Chileno came in and they tried to do little bits and that's just talking about our club and like you say, all, all the other clubs. And as fans... We've been punished for that. We went to League One. Leeds United went into League One because of bad ownership. So, do you know what? Get Scum, get Arsenal, get Spurs. Get them all deducted points. Get them all 
not allowed to play in the Champions League. I'll play in Champions League. Let, let's let's go to Champions League. Let's have a Champions League adventure for true fans that for good ownership that that people that care about football. It's I mean it's not about us like trying to take them them Champions League place. I'm you know that's tongue in cheek there, but. Uh, you talk about punishing the fans, you're punishing the owners by not letting them have the revenue that they so obviously crave, that they so obviously desire. As any football fan, do you care about the business, uh, the, the balancing of the books? I couldn't care less. I want to go and see 90 minutes of good football for my team, taking on like whoever we deserve to take on by what we've managed to achieve the previous season. And we're just all being denied of that. And it's just absolutely horrible. And you talk about, like, the fans missing out on it. And, you know, I don't really want to use an example, but the uh, Arsenal Fan TV, uh, you know, the the guy that was on there, and um, he's, you know, passed away recently. And a lot of it, he said, was was to do with the club. And it's all to do with, you know, how much people value football and how much people struggle with it. And people don't understand how much it affects people's lives and what what it's for. Like, it's all for the fans. It's not a business. And they are business people, and I do get that. And, like, Rad Razani's a business person and, you know, completely understand that but you need to take it in the right way and you need to take it forward and you need it to be about the fans you need to be about what it is it about a Saturday three o'clock kickoff yeah completely agree and you know talk about you know the business side of it and stuff like if you're going to run a, a, a team like Real Madrid and you're going to spend a hundred million pounds or hundred fifty million pounds of transfer window and have one player who costs you fifty million pounds and send that player on loan for a season, that is not a good good business decision. And that is down to you. If you're Juventus and you're spending hundred million euros signing Cristiano Ronaldo, who's fifty-five years old, and he isn't a final Serie A title, which you're not going to do this season, that is a bad business decision. I'm not saying that Ronaldo is a bad business decision, but for a hundred million euros to, to win the Champions League, it is. And it's decisions like that these that these big teams are making. Barcelona have been ran as a club like for as a joke for the last you know five, six, seven years. An absolute joke. Their striker is Martin Braithwaite. That's who they bring on for in games. Right. Those were fundamentally gone wrong at that club. And that has nothing to do with the fans and the fans should be punished for it. And they shouldn't try and monopolize all the money in football just because they don't know how to spend properly. And 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 when you look at it, Barcelona actually have a democratic process of how you um, get in their president who who is going to run your club. And actually, do you know what, Barcelona fans? Maybe you do deserve to be punished for voting in the <laughs> wrong guys. I mean, we don't have that. We have to put blind faith and we have to buy our season tickets and buy our merchandise from somebody they don't know. Barcelona, you vote him in. You deal with your own problems, pal. Are are we just as bad? Because when we see Chilino and people, we still bought season tickets. Well, that is, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But we're just blind faith. We're just blind faith as football fans. You know, I mean, as badly as we hated Ken Bates, we still wanted to spot our team and and, and do it there. So, yeah. Back to the business part of it. Just, I saw um, a tweet from a guy, um, a lead fan on on Twitter, and he said, Something not to get political about it, but he turned around and said, "Like, what's it's society at the moment? It's all about growth. We need to grow this, we need to grow that." 
nothing about sustainability. These co- these companies are making billions, billions, billions pounds. People, you know, fans are happy going to the games. You know, workers are happy to getting paid, but yet they're still trying to get more and more and squeeze more and more out of it. And it, you know, it's not good. It's not good. Just sustainability. Everyone's happy. You're making a profit. Happy days. I know it's a business, but there was the quote I heard. I wanted to say. I wanted to try and get in on this. Was on BT Sport before, and it said something like the owners all played their deck of cards, all hoping for a diamond, and basically they came out with a spade. And I thought, you know what? That's spot on. Yeah, absolutely. It was really was. I think what's really wound me up as well is the audacity of Arsenal and Tottenham daring to describe themselves as Super League clubs, daring to associate themselves with some as if they're European heavyweights. Uh, that is an absolute farce, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, I think that I think they should be just embarrassed about the way that they've come across there. Like, everyone who's seen that and seen, you know, where a founder member of this European Super League, on what credentials? You, Left you more of a right. Forest, you know, yeah. two European Cups. Why haven't they been invited there? You know, well, we know why. He's in championship playing rubbish. But mm. how, how dare teams like that? How dare a team like Arsenal come out and tell us that they're, su- that they're European Super League potential when they can't finish above Leeds United at the minute? What's wrong with that? They can't. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Well, you talk about Super League. We want the the best teams. Hang on. No, no, no. no. You want the richest teams. Yeah. You want the teams that got the money. You've got maybe maybe the teams that that pull in the the biggest viewers. But if you're going to say that, want Leeds v Liverpool, the biggest Premier League TV viewing for years. When well, we had that, so. Yeah. You know, where's where's our invite? Not that I would ever, ever, ever want us to take it. Yeah, of course you wouldn't. But are you, are you telling me that if you had an option between Leicester playing somebody and Arsenal playing somebody, that you're watching Arsenal? Nah. Of course nah. you're not. No. I, of course I you're not. Think, the TV I, I, revenue thing doesn't even make sense to me. No, if there's no. Leicester versus West Ham on telly and on, other, on, on one programme, on other channel, you've got Arsenal versus Atletico Madrid or Arsenal versus AC Milan or someone. I'm 100% watching Liverpool versus West Ham. And that's not through English bias. That's because that is a better game of football. And that's what all of that was supposed to come down to. And it just wouldn't be. And and even if it was, even if all these games were deemed to be special, games like playing, you know, scum or, you know, massive plaudits to Bayern Munich for for turning out and to PSG. Um, but, but games like playing it, you know, like your, your, your Chelsea's or Arsenal, that stuff that you know, when we come to Championship or from Championship to Premier League, they're the games that we looked at and we're like, I can't wait to do that because they're special because they, you know, they don't come around every day. You look at your cup rooms, you pick these teams out and you go, they're the ones who want to play, so don't see them. But like, if you create a league where only the best teams play each other all the time, it's going to have the complete adverse effect. People are going to lose appreciation. Good quality football and for seeing those fixtures, but you know, Barcelona versus Man City that's on if that's on four times a season or whatever it would be, or twice a season, or whatever you know, is that going to be special? Like, I, I don't think so. I don't know, no, because no, no, you, you are you, it's not you a take com- bad with good, don't you? Not a competition. I don't know whether someone might have already said it while I was just away from the table, but 
it's not a competition. You don't earn, you've got to earn the right to play in these sort of leagues. Yeah. You don't yeah. earn it because you, you've got you, you've got the biggest income. And I've the most, most um, biggest finance. It, it, you know what I mean? Champions yeah. League. Essentially, my dad's richer than yours. You yeah. can't come and play football with me. This is my ball. I'm taking it away because I've, I've bought it and you haven't. That's essentially what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. The same 12 or the same 15 getting that competition every single year. And it's just, it's not a competition. No, no one wins it, no one loses it. And it will make the competition boring as well. Because, like you say, if you standardise it over these teams that have got all the money, eventually what will happen is you'll have two or three teams that will get more money than the rest of them and will be able to pay your Neymars, your Haaland's, your Mbappe's more than anyone else. So you'll have that diversity as well. You will always have clubs that are the richest in the world. But Real Madrid and Barcelona have been the top two richest clubs in the world, along with Scum for... They've been been up there, haven't they, as well, for last, what, 20 years? Between the three of them, how many years have they not won like the the top thing in football? You know, you've had your Real Madrid, your Chelsea, your Juventus. Um, they they've all been up in there, and that's regardless of like the separate leagues. When Leicester have managed to win it, nobody wants to see the same old thing happening all the time. We all want to see this this success stories of Leicester. We all want to see this. And, you know, people have talked about our leads in 2001. We spent crazy and we did this and we did that. We were doing it nowhere near what people were doing now. We were not trying to buy a league. We weren't trying to do that. And there's a difference between buying a league and actually excluding everyone else from your league. Um, and it's just, it's shameful. It's just scummy and uh, just sodden. And, and that's what it is, isn't it? It's inclusive. And that's something as a society people don't like we don't like inclusive groups and things you know we we, we grow up being told you know, you, you accept everyone and I'm getting a bit maybe a bit more political here um, but you're told that is you, you accept everybody you know, no matter what you get everyone gets an equal opportunity like you're always taught from a young age you should always teach other people that because there should be equal opportunity you know forget you know whether it's you know we talk about equal opportunity for for, for, for race and for, for, for genders you know and that there, that represents for me the Super League everything that is currently wrong with the world right now. You know, happy to be inclusive, happy to take people away from it. Um, and what I, what I also really uh, can't get around is, you know, when people talk about the Super League and say, well, they're not trying to start their own league, they're going to stay and um, still play in the Premier League. But they don't need to. You know, that Liverpool, our game is Liverpool. Our game is against Scum. Scum game will always be special. I don't care, you know, like, we know we, we, we know that is because, like, you know, a couple of us went to go see the under-18s last year, didn't we, at Old Trafford? You know, those games against Liverpool special. But against Liverpool, it's like you're fighting for summer. Why Why do they need to turn up? What's going to stop them sending, right? We'll send, we'll send the under-18s down to, you know, this week down there because we're going to go play in Super League and we'll play this. Wow. It, it takes away the actual competition of the competition. And all of it was just, it's so badly thought out and it's so morally, not even ambiguous, morally corrupt, wrong. And like I said, everything that I think, I think it epitomises everything that's wrong, like in our society now. And we're going to talk about this as heart and soul. But Bamford was so spot on as well about mentioning about, you know, you know, you know, it's a shame that when, 
you know, things like racism and, you know, sexism, things like that. It's a shame that people aren't coming together more for these sort of cases uh, as football fans have come for this. We've had people taking the knee for, for God knows how long, and yet you still have people giving this just abhorrent abuse to, to black players within the community with, with absolutely no ramifications whatsoever. How many, how many criminal trials have been brought? There's only a handful against these people that are spouting this vile abuse to players because just because they have a, a different colour of skin. And we've seen it um, this week with um, uh, Fafana last night. He broke his fast and they, they, it was agreed for him to break his fast to have uh, you know, a drink. This bloke's been out training his professional footballer day in, day out without having a drink or anything to eat because of his religion. And do you know what? Instead of saying, good on you for sticking to your principles and good on you for, for having your religion and having something for you that means a whole kind of community for this. I'm getting really kind of irate about this now. But, you know, it is... He's done all this and he's a young player and he's he's gone out and he's stuck to his religion. And it, it, it was so good to be able to allow him to to um, have his fast and check Coate as well, who was playing for the uh, Palace. Um, they both were allowed to finish their fast and have a drink of water, and yet people are annoyed about it. Like, oh, would you have would you have done this for for eleven? And why are we doing this? We're we're having a game of football. You shouldn't have been doing it. Uh, do you know what? What are you talking about? Let's actually let's come together and let's let's be let's be human at some point and think that the people are going to do this and let's have some respect in the in the, the thing that you're doing it. And Bamford's only you know kind of the the tip of the iceberg on this saying about it. Um, I don't know. It, it, like you say, it just it, it breaks it down thinking that that people aren't supporting it. What is it? What is it though? Um, obviously. Bamford made that statement. I think the difference is with us is talking about racism and getting together sexism. But on the other flip side of thing, we're talking about the, the Super League. And it's because of one thing. Money is the most powerful tool in the world. Powerful. And that's why we, we, we all argue about it, because it's powerful. In all, all walks of life, we all argue about money. We're all looking at the pound and whatever but it's the fact that you're talking about racism doesn't it, it impacts the people who are insulted by it but it's that there's no money there's, there's an actual it affects everyone doesn't it that 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 money aspect it's just it affects us all which is yeah you're completely crazy. right crazy people are motivated Primarily by selfish greed, that you know, by you know, you know, like you know, like a little bit of it is, you know, you know, you want look, you know, looking after yourself, isn't it? You know, like you, you, you get, you get annoyed about money, so you know, it affects you, affects your family. But something like race, you know, people don't act upon it, and like you say, wrongly by the way, just but because it doesn't directly affect them immediately. But that's something in society, isn't it, that we we need to get better at something that we know we, as, 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 as a race as a people as a one because that's what we are a one one race that we you know um, you know we, we we need to be better and as <laughs> it is four white guys you know it's uh, 
we can we can say it as uh, as this, you know, but we all kind of have to have to do it, and we we a lot of us can't really associate with with how that feels to to kind of different people. Yeah. A lot of these issues that we talk about, uh, they are issues that transcend football, um, and you know there's there's probably a better scope for this, like we say, more than for you know, non-qualified people saying, talking about it. There, there, there are ways that, you know, like, you know this, this can be improved, it should be improved. Um, and I don't show respect for it, but because I don't feel too qualified myself to, to talk about it now, well, I, you know, apart from do, doing what you can, speaking up and being a good person, you know, and I don't I don't want to be too condescending, I think, or too outspoken, if that, if that makes sense. You know, you, you worry about that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I I always talk about the uh, Josh. Um, I think he listened to to possibly fair. Um, it was a few years ago when when someone was, um, I think someone had, had mentioned something or shouted at someone that was taking a car near us, giving some racist abuse, and he turned around and he gave him full barrels and he he shut him down straight away. And honestly, I've never been prouder to to think that's my mate. Um, yeah in front of a lot of people at a football game and, you know, everyone around us is white and everyone, you know, kind of, it doesn't affect them. Um, and he just turned around and just went, yeah, I'm not having this, not in, not in here. I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it. And he shut him down and everyone around him kind of rallied around and said, yeah, that's, that's bang on. You, you, you know, you can't be doing this. You can't be saying that. Um, and yeah, it just made me very proud to be, you know, a mate of his and be a Leeds fan because yeah, you round us that it wasn't stood for. If you yeah, we had a, I had a similar experience. Uh, Blows up behind me, um, at a game shouted something, an awful profanity towards towards a black player, um, and the instant that word left his mouth, there must be about ten of us, ten, twelve, fifteen of us turned round. Berate him, and as soon as we turned round, uh, he's wearing a hoodie, his hoodie gone over his head, pulled up. You know, you couldn't see his face again. You know, like, and you could tell that he was like embarrassed and ashamed of what he'd said. And that's completely down to the way that the people are acting around him, you know. And, you know, in hindsight, more needs to be done there. You know, that, that needs to be dealt with. You know, like, you know, it sounds up, but you know, you're stewards. I don't, you know, people call grass and stuff, but it's not about being a grass, it's about being a good yeah. person. Yeah. Get these, get those people out of the stadium at first chance. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've sort of, sort of taken a diverge, haven't we, from uh, talking about the uh, scummy uh, ESL, and, and we are going to push on a bit now. You know, like we, we can speak about these uh, things forever. I feel, um, but looking forward, um, relegation decider, isn't it? Uh, this weekend uh, <laughs> against against Brighton. Um, a team that's also dipping in and out of form, don't they? Uh, annoyingly, you know, the, the, I think one of the only teams below us to... I know now we're a bit higher up the table, but there's a point one in the season where the only team below us were beating us. You know, I really don't want that to happen again. I don't want them doing double. Um, what do we think? I think they will. Let's go and make amends. Let's go and make amends that that 1-0 boring defeat to them. Yeah. It, I mean, we were looking at the table before and 
there's a little bit riding on for them. I mean, don't get me wrong, Fulham have to go on a very good run to get them, you know, close to it. But I think Newcastle and Burnley are near enough safe now. It's if anybody's going to get caught, it's going to be Brighton. And I think if Brighton get beat by if we if we say we trounce them three or four or whatever, Fulham beat Chelsea. There's, there's massive pressure on them. Massive pressure on them then. So I, I think they'll be after at least a point. I think they'll they'll be up for it. But that might what work. sort of games do you expect them, Pete? Do you expect them to come out as, or uh, do you expect them to let us let us go from trying to hit us on the break? Because well, they've got quite quick players, haven't they? With more yeah, and Trotard. I know. I, th- I don't know who said it. Then it might have been James who said it. You know, might be another boring one nil. I don't think it was boring. I think they outplayed us at Ellen Road. I thought. I thought when I saw them, I thought they looked quite a good team. Did they um, start, didn't they? Did they sit on a one 0 um, you know, well, no, I don't think they did. I don't think they did that on the road. I don't. I've seen a couple of times, and they just don't seem to want. They don't seem to have the the the, the, the manpower or the ideas to go for a, go for more than a one 0 win. Like they don't see them score two three. They just yeah, I know what you mean. They, they, I think I think they have phases through games, don't they? I've, I've seen them play quite well. Got the size and a tall side, very unorthodox side to play against. They are, and don't forget as well. As much as he can't hit a barn door at the moment, Neil Mope. Uh, yeah, they yeah, Trossard, you know, good players to look out for. Uh, you know, so they've, they've got danger. But like I said, like I've watched them a few times, especially at the beginning of the season. I felt like they, they they weren't getting the. I think we said it last podcast, one of the first podcasts. It was about Brighton, I think, um, and. Um, We've spoke about how they weren't getting results that they their performances probably deserved. Like they, they, they were out playing quite a few teams. Yeah. Uh, but but I think like I said, they had that spells in games where they dominated for a while and then they they, they, they they took pressure. And that's where we need to um go from. I think it's it, it, it's quite easy for for us to forget and probably for Pete in general to forget that we're actually not gonna lose another game this season. Um, and yeah, I, I'm not really, I'm not really sure why we're we're all forgetting this. Um, Brighton, I don't know whether we will win or draw, but you know we're just we're going unbeaten for the rest of the season. And I probably think, yeah, Brighton will win. Yeah, yeah, be, I think it'll be a piece of piss to be fair. Would it? Would it be very Leeds United to have gone unbeaten against Chelsea? Yeah. Yeah. Man United, <laughs> Liverpool, and then lose to Brighton. <laughs> yeah. we, we got beat by them last time. We were in a similar situation where were we on a good run of form and they were on a poor run of form and we got... Yeah, I don't, I don't think they won for a while, had they? Something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, they hadn't won like seven or eight games and then all of a sudden they got a win against us. That's what we do with Charity. We, you know, we felt sorry for him. I'm just looking at the, um, the, club. the BBC's ratings of um, the players oh, on the game. Yeah. And top was Neil Mopay at 7.56. He was our top rated player for that game. Luke Aylin? No. Probably is our best player. Tyler Roberts. Roberts with a 4.69. Uh, <laughs> that's anti Leeds bias, that is. <laughs> that was Pete. Neil make loads of accounts to get his negativity across. Neil Mopay was their highest rated player in that, in that game. He scored winner. Yeah. Was our eleven, Pete? Then for Robertson playing. Um, oh, he scored. He scored the tapping there. Lineups. 
So, uh, sorry, I, I just see exactly why we lost. Kika Kassir was playing, wasn't he? Oh, no, it don't count. No, no. Why was Kika on goal that game? Um, he had um, COVID, didn't he, Melier? No, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, he had an illness. We don't like to say yeah. And there was no Phillips as well. Stroik played in the uh, CDM role. Yeah, did you? Uh, right, moving on then. Uh, quickly go to uh, before doing predictions. Uh, we'll quickly do heart and soul. We've got quite a, fit, quite a bit to get through here, haven't we? You know, considering it's, I think it's been about seven weeks since we spoke to each other. Yes. Um, you know, Leeds United won 23s, became champions. Yeah, uh, lad. Outstanding team, aren't they? To watch. You don't know how much of them you watch this season, but they've been great. Yeah, I've, I've watched a lot of them this season. Uh, Somerville down the wing looks brilliant. Uh, Geldar, Gre- Greenwood free kicks. Dear me. Yeah, quality. On. Dear me, Janino reincarnated. He's it, uh, absolutely fantastic. Who's the, who's the last back of playing 22? Is it Drama? Dra- yeah. Is he right back? Drama's right back, isn't he? The Huggins. Yeah. The Huggins. Yeah, I think it is Huggins then. Yeah, he come on in off the bench for Leeds at one point, the first team. He did. He, was that yeah. Arsenal? Arsenal, yeah, yeah. Arsenal. Yeah, I think for, uh, you know, one to eleven they've they've, they've been quality this season. Caprile, yeah. I've seen him, he makes some good saves as well. Um yeah, they Cresswell, Charlie Cresswell. He's been a, another standout. He's got a lot of well, rave reviews, hasn't he? Oliver Casey, quite quite yeah. a good job. Um it's nice to see that we're bleeding now Huggins through. And good opportunities to play is like Adam Forshaw to get a title, another title under his belt. You know, it's, it's, it's nice to see that. <laughs> how? How? How is he injured again? I don't. I just. I know he's gone again on it. Something else that we, we spoke about a little bit uh, was the um, we mentioned. You know, Bamford speaking about you know like uh, issues, racism and stuff. Uh, it's nice to see that the 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 club are going to take a stance on the blackout, aren't they, on social media? Yeah. Um, I think that you know for social media I think that is a powerful thing for, for the fun to be doing yeah. uh, if more people can do it then probably the, the better that's where they're getting the abuse as well social media so to take themselves away from it yeah is it the club the idea behind this though just someone time because obviously when they come back online does it start the abuse again unless it's well, yeah the idea is that you, you, you go off don't you yeah and that, that impacts social media interactions and stuff, doesn't yeah. it? And it reduces all that stuff down. And then because they've got the interactions and sort of sponsorships on what they won't go, but they won't buy into it. And, you know, essentially, if everyone does it, then it costs them money, doesn't it? Is that what it is? I just thought it might be trying to provoke social media. Like, like I know Instagram is starting to do something on that, and they're trying to be able to develop a system where they can find out who, who's doing what and, and report them. But... It seems to be easier than done. Why can't you just get these people's profiles, find out who these people are and report them to the police? Make make them make them be accountable for when they sign up. And I think that's that's what everyone's kind of crying out for is like if I make a you know, a lot of the, the social media things right now are like kind of Grealish S Z N, you know, all these and they've got like the their players as their avatars and stuff like that. Actually make them say who they are. Before they sign up for it for an account, like make them give some form of identification to be able to do that, and then they're accountable for whatever they say online. I, I think that's got to be the only way, really, yeah. that you can do yeah. that. Because as soon as they send a racist message, the police can be straight at the door going, "Right, here you go." Yeah, I I agree. I think you know when you, when you look at it from 
Um, like again, you're playing devil's advocate, so I don't believe this. Um, you know, you look at things like you know, like GDPR, don't you, and a freedom of speech. You know, sadly, that's what the aggregate gates is, isn't it? You know, yes. um, I mean, if you're, if you're using your freedom of speech to be a terrible, terrible human, that should also be down on you. You know, you should, just because you, you just you, you're allowed to say it doesn't mean that you should, but yeah, freedom of speech and freedom of abuse is it? That's that's it. Yeah. Um, going back to the Leeds against Liverpool, uh, so that's what we, we enjoyed, didn't we? Was uh, the shirts uh, rattled? Pete, 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 well, Pete didn't. Pete didn't enjoy that. Not Pete, a coward. Why, Pete? Because I, I think the words unnecessary to Liverpool. I understand why they did it, and I understand the show the stance and stuff. I love Victor Orta. He just sums him up. Just stood there with the shirt, you know, facing love it. all that. It's just like, what are you doing? Oh, yeah. doing love it. Love it. It wasn't, it's not Klopp's fault. It's not the players' fault. But no. they've worn the shirts before. They have. Yeah. Worn the shirts <laughs> before. And or like, they don't have to do it. But I, I just felt as though Klopp was like, he, he was very um, like uneasy on what to say. He's like, oh, this isn't fair. We're being put, we're being put in a, in a position where we shouldn't be in. Your owners put you in that position. Speak just to, about yeah. them and speak up for yourself. Well, I'll I'll go back to Klopp just to, as a bit of a segue, as Connor said before. Is it segue? Whatever it is. Um, yeah. I felt I felt for him in the Leeds game. The first interview I did. Second interview, I thought nah, you you could have done a bit more. Yes. And then when he got interviewed in the last game, I lost a lot of respect for him then because he just. He started to have a go, saying people need to calm down about it, etc. No, sorry. And this, that, and other, yeah. Um, no. Uh, he, he, um, a lot of respect for him. But anyway. Looking at the shirts again, like Liverpool with shirts, weren't they happy to wear shirts in support of Suarez when he was yeah. caught in the race row? Yeah. So they're okay supporting that. You know, I appreciate supporting every your own team, but they weren't happy supporting every single football fan in the country against something that is inherently wrong. You yeah. can say the same about us about Kiko. Yeah, correct. And so, that's that, that, that's, that's been raised as well, and and I know that's. And I guess that is, different manager, different set of players. It's uh, yeah, and I think the timing of it as well. I think that Monday, I just remember. I think what I think what, what, what what's been passionate about that was oh, we're getting back onto this. I'm trying to get away from it. Um, was. The fact that, you know, I understand that you feel like you have obligations to a club and you've got to say things in certain ways and stuff, but it's where things are more powerful. So, like, James Milner, what he said was brilliant. Like, it's exactly what you wanted to hear. Um, what what really frustrated me was that Liverpool took the stance, you know, on, on, on the shirts and stuff. Um, but as soon as it was announced that they were pulling out and people weren't happy with it, they all Liverpool players started sharing... Yeah, on, on, on social media. And it was, for me, it sort of seemed to be a bit like, oh, I'm going to say this because it's it's safe, if that makes sense. It's easy to do something when it's safe. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. My, my stepdad said it because I'd text him saying, well done, James, blah, 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 blah. And he did raise a valid, valid point. He said, well, if it was a 21-year-old who's out of contract next season, would he be saying... The exact same thing at the end of the game. I don't think yeah, and it's it's easy, isn't it, to say things yeah. in certain situations. So if they say to James, right, you're gone, it's not end it well for him because he's you know, it's crazy ending. Yeah, you're right. 
the only thing he's got he's got is his is the fans are going to defend him if that's the case. But at yeah. the end of his career, he's earned his money. He's going to go out on a high no matter what he does. Yeah. That's where Carragher gets to saying, if Klopp walks, the fans will have them out in a week. They'll have their memories out in a week if Klopp walks. But Klopp wouldn't stand up and say right. how he felt because of his... Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think he would bottle us. Was, uh, it, I, and I saw a lot of people sticking up for him and standing up and saying, oh, yeah, you know, he's, he, how can he say that against his club and stuff like that? Do you know what? If you've got any bottle, you actually stand up and say about what's wrong. Um, I, I thought he was absolutely bottleless. I thought he was non-committal. And I thought he was lip service. Uh, I really didn't like what, what Klopp had said. Uh, I want a fan whatsoever. So, Heart and Soul's taking a dark turn this week. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm so angry about everything. <laughs> <laughs> angry about the good stuff. Um, again, that probably doesn't fit really in the theme of it, but going on something that was nice for us to see and I feel like we were a part of was uh, Laura was funeral, wasn't it? Going through the going through the stadium and seeing service on Ellen Road. Like, that that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, one last time to be able... And I like it when, when they can do it and when it's some, somewhere important um, uh, for them. It was nice for them to show us the video of it going. Because obviously it's a very private... Um, uh, it's a very private thing for the family. So I think it, it, it's so nice for the family to allow it to be shown to the fans for us all to see because we all want to see it um, even yeah. though a lot of us you know were around for it all we all know him we all know how much of an influence he's been on the club we all know how much of a history it is for the club again like I say my dad was was there through, through the times that, that he was playing he, he was one of the people that he would tell me about you know if I'm trying to play football and I'm trying to play football like Ronaldinho or you know like at the time God I don't know Alan Shearer somewhere like that oh well not not him but um Matt Harry yeah. Kane no no not gonna say him uh, but you know it, it, it's like do it like Lasher do it like do it like this um so again it, it, it's nice for his his family to allow us to see it because it could have been a, a very private thing but it, it speaks volumes to how much he's involved with the club and, and how much he means to, to kind of everyone Definitely. yeah completely agree um, Pete you had one didn't you yeah my, my one was just to go back to our last podcast and Jeff Sterling sticking it to Chris Boyd turning around saying he hasn't got a clue what he's on about Back it up with our results. I thought it was great to see. And every pundit, even Alan McCoyst, turned around and said, Chris Boyd isn't the voice of all ex Rangers players. No, I thought Chris Boyd was great. I thought he was really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that made me smile when I saw his little rant. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They still didn't address the point about £100 million being spent, and nobody pulled him up on the point that it wasn't. But yeah, okay, Jeff, I'll give you that. <laughs> So it's moving on there as well. Uh, Ron's predictions now. So, um, Pete, how much do you think we're going to lose by? I don't know. Um, I'm going to go for... Because I, I predict, just to let everybody know, I was the only one predicting a City win. Um, so I'm going to go for... Do you know what? I'll go for 3-1 leads. Why not? Why not? On the hype. James? 2-0 leads. Connor? 
Uh, 2-1. 2-1 Leeds. Uh, I'm arguing with James. I'm going 2-0 no Leeds. Don't you well, make your head you don't you shake your head at us. Don't you hear 2-0 and start shaking well, your head? Truthfully, truthfully, I do think we, we could struggle, but I'm just trying to keep morale up and, you know, positive. Oh. Yeah, you're right. It's so, it's so essential for me to get through my day knowing that you, you <laughs> Leeds are going to win 3-1. <laughs> Thank you. All right, I'll change it. I'll change it. 2-0, no, Brighton. You know what? I'm sick of Peter saying about us. We want him off the podcast. Uh, same. Yeah. All in favour. <laughs> well, that brings the uh, podcast to an end. So we want our Pete next week, so it's nice having him on. Um, you know, like, like, like as ever, if you want any comments, questions, please interact with us on social media. Um, but apart from that, stay safe and up the leads. Go leads.